so crystal you're saying they're actually lying almost lying in wait in these parking lots looking for a female to get out of the car without their bag is that kind of what they're looking for exactly and especially you know you know when you're when you get to a place us ladies we like to carry our bag up front or in the middle center console and usually when we get someplace and we realize like oh man i don't want to bring this here we'll try to tuck it under the seat or put a jacket over it or maybe even put it in the trunk they're watching you do this introducing the protectors inside criminal minds from around the world Presented by the IAFCI, leaders in safeguarding consumers from fraud and scams for more than 50 years. And now your hosts, International President Mike Carroll and International VP Mark Solomon. Hello, hello, hello. This is Mike Carroll, International President of the IAFCI. Welcome to the IAFCI Presents The Protectors. I'm here with Mark Solomon, our co-host. Mark, how you doing today? Mr. Carroll, I'm doing great as usual, and uh, I'm really excited about our guest today. If you don't mind, I'm going to introduce her right now because I can't wait to get her on the podcast. So around eight years ago, I had the pleasure of meeting this investigator over the phone when a new type of crime we started seeing in Connecticut and uh, found out she was one of the experts working these type of cases, reached out to her, and man, it was a godsend, I'll tell you. She's a 15-year veteran of the Maryland National Capital Park Police, and she is literally one of the top if not the top investigators in the country when it comes to a, a particular type of crime we call the felony lane gang and i know it sounds a little bit like a western mic you know like oh boy the felony lane gang's back in town but it's something completely different and we want to welcome to the show detective crystal lopez hey crystal how are you hey how are you glad to be here. we're doing great Hi, Crystal. Thank you for coming on to IFCI Presents The Protectors. We appreciate you coming on today. Absolutely. No problem. Hey, Crystal, can I start out by asking you, Felony Lane Gang, that's an awesome title. What is the Felony Lane Gang? The Felony Lane Gang is a mixture of guys who have constantly been in trouble with the law and gang members, floods mostly. And they all work together in this very sophisticated machine of fraud. The felony lane gang name is actually coined by the banks because they would always go through the furthest lane through the drive-thru and the banks would always call that the felony lane. So they got the name felony lane gang. Um, so it's, it's very sophisticated how they work. Let me just ask you, when they go to the far lane, is the purpose so they don't want to get identified by the bank teller, even though there's surveillance video, but they just want to stay as far away from uh, the teller? Correct, because the, the female that's posing as the victim is wearing, you know, glasses or a wig or makeup, and she's not going to be an exact match for the girl in the in the ID photo. So they just usually try to get her as far away from the, the view of the teller. So, Crystal, um, before we get into the kind of the nuts and bolts of what felony lane gang activity is, these particular criminals, they're targeting who? Who are they looking to target and where? Mostly women. Um, and mostly women that are preoccupied with something else going on. They're not, you know, targeting women at necessarily at shopping malls or on their errands where they're going to carry their purse out of their vehicle. They're usually targeting women at gas stations where you leave your purse in your car. Parks are a big one. Parks are the main one. That's where I came in. Um, dog parks, gyms, 
Um, any place that you're like, I don't really want to carry my purse that contains my whole life story. I don't want to, you know, carry it in with me. I'm just going to leave it in my car because my car locks. And four or five seconds later, their stuff is gone. So how are they getting into the vehicles? So what they'll do is um, they'll drive around the lot and watch sometimes. Sometimes they'll get lucky and just pull up next to cars. So I've seen them in video where you'll see a guy driving and then another guy in the passenger seat, and he's the one that pops in and out of the car. He'll stay low, and what he'll do is he'll peek in the car to see if there's anything of value in the car. And that includes book bags, diaper bags, gym bags. They're going after any type of bag. So what they'll do is they'll break the window because they don't want to set off the alarm. So your car can be locked. And as long as you don't pull the door open, that alarm is not going to sound. So what they do is they pop the window, jump over the broken glass, and reach in and grab the bag. And they're gone within seconds. Sometimes they'll get one bag in one park, and sometimes I've seen them get up to five bags in one park. So, Crystal, you're saying they're actually almost lying in wait in these parking lots looking for a female to get out of the car without their bag. Is that kind of what they're looking for? Exactly. And especially, you know, know, when when you get to a place, us ladies, we like to carry our bag up front or in the middle center console, and usually when we get someplace and we realize, like, oh, man, I want to bring this here, we'll try to tuck it under the seat or put a jacket over it or maybe even put it in the trunk. They're watching you do this. They know exactly where the bag is, and they know you're planning on going in there long enough to not want to have to carry your bag in. So they'll sit and wait. I remember we were, like, two seconds away from catching somebody um, after we had sat and watched a parking lot for two hours. And we're like, oh, I guess he's not coming here. And not even, like, two seconds later, he hit two cars. And it's because he was sitting in a car that we just didn't notice, and he was laying down in it. We couldn't see that he was watching us, watching for him. Mm. And um, as soon as we left, he took that opportunity, hit the two bags, and then and left. Crystal, we're all members of the IAFCI, and we have an alert system through a crime deck, so we send out alerts. And just to go along with what you're saying, I've seen some alerts in the past where people are out jogging. You know, they, mm-hmm. they're going to jog a mile, so you know they're going to be running for a certain amount of time, and they put their purse or their wallet into the trunk. And also, I've seen, like, restaurants where ladies might put their purse strap behind their chair, and that's another way to get their credit cards or checks or, or wallet or anything like that. Exactly. So you just have to, like, remember if it's valuable to you, it's valuable to whoever wants to steal it. So Mm. it doesn't matter if it's a blank check or an old ID. I don't know why. I've I've had some women who are like, oh, I I had two IDs in my purse. I'm like, why? Because the problem with that is until the ID and the checkbooks are confiscated, they're going to be continued to be used by these guys. So you have to have that constant worry. So what I try to tell everybody is if it's valuable to you and you would be inconvenienced losing it, do not leave it unattended, unsecured, or out of sight. 
Crystal, you mentioned stealing somebody's purse, but again, when they get in there, they're taking, let's just say they take the checkbook and mm-hmm. they're going to use those checks. So let's just say the checks are drawn on ABC Bank. They would go to ABC Bank and make the check payable to who? Payable to a fictitious name? My point is they're going to the bank that the check is drawn on. Is that correct? Correct. Because if there's funds in that account, then that's all the bank bank is going to do. Check the ID, make sure there's funds in the account, and then you could write it for a couple thousand and you're going to cash it right there, correct? Exactly. So... Very early in my investigation, the banks around here were allowing out-of-state checks and pretty much um, out-of-state IDs, and you could cash a very large sum through the drive-through. What we started like talking about is, you know, if they're out-of-state IDs or ch- checks, make them come in and cash a check because they won't come in. They will not come in the bank. The cameras in the inside the bank are phenomenal. The cameras outside the bank ain't so much. But we greatly reduced the amount. So the, the ones that the teller didn't really notice, oh, that person is obviously not the person that was supposed to be cashing the check. Um, they only got away with like 800 bucks versus 2500 So, I mean, it's still... It, in like a short two years time that I put my case together, we were still just at a million dollars in loss. A million. Yeah. Well, that's, that's incredible. Crystal, I know we've talked about some of the locations that get hit. I can remember a couple of years ago um, in Connecticut, the, these felony laying uh, actors actually hit, uh, believe it or not, a, a wake uh, where people were going in to pay respects to somebody who passed away. I mean, it's just, just horrible. Thinking of some other parking areas that you said parks, uh, schools, playgrounds, um, daycare. You know, daycare centers, that's another great one. Uh, any others that you could think of at the top of your head that, you know, come to mind? We have like a very large um, soccer, it's called the Soccerplex. And it's like basically 20 different um soccer field and what they would do is they found out the schedule to all the games of course most of these players are from out of town and it's a huge area and it's all during the day there's thousands of people there and they're still hitting cars it doesn't matter if it's it's bright outside and it, it doesn't matter if it's crowded they will use their street smarts and breaking the cars. So we got a lot of sporting events hit. And I think Frederick County did too. They had football games. We had the soccer games get hit pretty hard. Now we've discussed getting into the vehicles. They're targeting driver's licenses, debit cards, you know, the checkbook. Um, is it the same group that now goes to the bank and commits the fraud at the bank? Or is that a different team? Or what happens there? So it's, it's basically two different parts. It's your main guys, which we call like the managers. You know, they're usually black males from Florida, usually Fort Lauderdale, Fort Lauderdale, that area. And then you have your females. They used to only use prostitutes from Florida, but then they got smart and they started using girls that they picked up along the way. You know, if if a girl had a better look to 
than the other girls, you know, because you need a variety of females to bring with you. So you have five or six males in one trip, and then usually like three or four women. The thing is, is when you have a car going through the drive through you also have two surveillance vehicles of the managers. One's watching the girl go through the drive through to make sure she doesn't steal her money. And then the other one is further up the road looking for police. So if they see a, a police car showing up in the area, they're alerting the people at the bank um, to, to get out of there? Exactly. I'm, I'm just curious, what like what kind of vehicle are they using? Are you, is it a rental car? Is it stolen? Or is it the organizer's vehicle? What, what do they use when they go through a drive-thru? So 99% of the time, it's going to be a rental car. I think there was twice that we had it where it was one of the guys that stayed back home, his actual vehicle. But 99% of the time, it's a rental car. Um, Early on, when we started investigating this, they didn't change out the tags. So the rental car tag was still on the vehicle when they were going through the drive-thru. And then they figured out that we figured out that that's how we caught them. So what they did is they started stealing tags, local tags, or they would write a really poorly made paper tag, and it would look fictitious. But when you're a teller in the drive-thru, you're not focusing on the tag anyway. And then they would put that on there real quick and then take it off when they get out of the drive-thru. So it's, it's going to be a rental car. It's going to have heavy tints. And it's aftermarket tint. They'll even tint the windshield and the rear, you know, windshield, and then the driver's side. They tint it really heavy. And it's almost always aftermarket tint that they got at AutoZone. But it's a rental, which makes it harder because they, once they figure out that we're close to figuring out what car they're in this week, they switch it out. Crystal, what about police officers? They spot a car they suspect is involved in this. What's the chances of these cars pulling over? What's the typical thing that they do once the police try and uh, stop them? Usually they'll run, especially if they have either a lot of cash or a lot of paper. Paper is what they call like the driver's license, the checks, credit cards. So, you know, they don't want to give that stuff up. They've gotten into wrecks. They've driven off of overpasses before I told my guys this and they were able to block a car off for us pretty successfully with no injuries, which I was pleased about, but they will go to no end to get away. They will put people in danger. They don't care. So you're talking about like, you know, over a hundred miles per hour speed chases, you know, it can put the public in danger. They have no they have no care in the world. Um, you know, if they've got several thousand dollars in their trunk, tens of thousands of dollars, or if they've got a lot of paper, they're going to be even more bold about it. And I tell the guys, I'm like, every single female we've ever talked to has said that somebody has a gun on them at all times. Crystal, I have, unfortunately, I have a sad story to tell a similar case we had up in here in Connecticut where we actually arrested two members of a felony lane gang and uh, one of the subjects had an arrest warrant back in Florida. So um, a week after the arrest, I received a call from 
federal law enforcement in Florida, and they indicated that one of the suspects we arrested was a suspect in a homicide, and it actually was involving a felony land gang uh, incident uh, where a woman left a, a purse in her car, her husband and her got out, and then she realized she left it in the car. It wasn't a good idea, so the husband went back to retrieve it, and the suspect was actively breaking into the car at the time. They got into a tussle, and the suspect wound up shooting and killing the husband. So, um, you know, you bring up such a valuable point here is these, these people that are committing these crimes, they're from all different walks of lives. But there also could be some very bad, dangerous people. So, oh, yeah. um, do you have any tips for the public as to what if they get victimized by these rings, or if they come back and their car is broken into and their purse is missing? What should they do immediately? So, the one thing that we were running into is people were canceling their credit cards and thinking it was okay, and they were just going along their business. And we'd be like, "No, you need to contact your bank and cancel everything." cancel your account, switch it to an account, or we've had a couple times where people have had to switch banks because a girl call and say, oh my goodness, you know, she was like, I know, you know, my stuff was stolen and I changed everything, but I forgot my account number. Can you tell me my account number, please? And they give her account number. So we just remind people like, just because it was a credit card and it wasn't a debit card, you need to contact the bank that their credit card was on and just tell them like, Hey, my stuff was stolen. Please don't accept anything from me because on this account, because it's no, no longer valid. Um, and then we had people who, you know, they thought, Oh, it's just a blank check. No big deal. No, it's a, it's a big deal because they're forging your, your check. And you think about it, your check has a lot of information on it. And they use that to their advantage. And then we had some people who, um, you know, would write a passcode somewhere. Please don't write a passcode. And don't make it super obvious. You know, I understand, like, we all have, like, 30, 40 passcodes to our name. But really, your most important ones are your banking information and, like, anything to your home. Um, luckily, I've never encountered anybody to lock to break into a house that had spare keys or take a car because usually they toss the purse. They usually just grab what they need real quick and then toss it out the window because we've caught them a couple times tracking an iPhone that was in the bag. So they learned to just t toss it right away. Um, but it is 100% tougher to be a victim than it is just to be, take five seconds and be diligent and say, you know what? I'll just bring it in with me or just don't take it with you. You know, like these ladies that jog, you know, they're like, well, I have to have my ID. Yeah. But if you ever really get pulled over and you don't have your driver's license and you explain to the cop, like, look, I don't want to carry my ID because of this. I'm worried about this, you know, and he can see that you just came from jogging or you're about to go jogging. You know, that's a legitimate excuse. I'm not saying it'll work with every cop, but it would work with me. But, you know, it's like people, especially with fraud, it's, they are like, oh, it's a victimless crime. Absolutely not. You know, I've had women that are terrified call me and say, you know, I heard something outside my house. Will they break into my house? I'm like, 
they're probably in another state right now, but you, if you feel uncomfortable, you can call the police. But, you know, and I've had women who were victimized and then a year later victimized again because their stuff was never recovered. So they used their stuff a year later when the heat wear off, you know, and she removed the flag off her account, you know, and then they get victimized again. So it's just, you have to be your own protector sometimes. And the first step is the prevention. And I mean, you can't prevent everything, but you do as much as you can. Outstanding. You know, I just thought of something, Mark, you mentioned earlier, and so did you, Crystal, about places where they'll steal somebody's wallet or purse. How about, I'm just thinking about a health club, right? I always see alerts on that. Is That's another place that they're looking to well, steal. Well, don't steal it if it's left in the vehicle. They won't go in the gym. Crystal, that's why I haven't been to a gym in 30 years, because I don't want my stuff stolen. <laughs> we really appreciate you coming on the show today with us. Uh, you really gave some great information to really help the public understand what this felony land gang stuff is all about. And then more importantly, how to protect and prevent yourself from being a victim. So, uh, Crystal, thanks for being on the show. Please be safe out there. Things are getting crazy for law enforcement. So just be safe. And uh, we really appreciate what you're doing and appreciate you being here today. Absolutely. Uh, Happy to be here. Like Mark said, thank you, Crystal, and be safe. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. Remember, as you join the fight to protect our citizens, you're not alone. With more than 6,500 members from around the world, the men and women of the IAFCI are standing together with you. To learn more or to join the IAFCI, please visit our website at www.iafci.org. The Protectors Podcast is produced by Modified Media and is available for free wherever you listen to podcasts. The hosts and guests' opinions are their own and do not reflect those of management, employers, or sponsors. Listeners are encouraged to contact law enforcement if they suspect being a victim of a crime.